one of these Sundays. He's doing a good job as it is. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 15 through 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And talking with each other about these things that, 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 that had happened. While they were walking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. And he said to them, Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He said to them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was, a, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And now our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of the women in our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that he had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman, women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah would suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is nearly over. So he went to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, We are not, were are not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? The same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and, now it, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Welcome to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church this morning. Thanks for worshiping with us in person or online on this glorious day. To our online community, you are a vital part of our family at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. We love hearing from you as, as you comment in our section on the live feed and as you give us your prayer requests, continue to do so. Uh, to those of you who are in person, your presence is appreciated as we come together as a community to worship and to fellowship. Whether you're online, whether you're here in person, or, or whether today may be your first day joining us, 
everyone as family at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church. Thanks for taking time to worship with us today. I'm Pastor Regina, and we uh, are glad you're spending time with us this morning. Now, it may seem strange for us this morning to, to shout, Christ is risen, hallelujah, on just an ordinary Sunday morning. But we are an Easter people. Every day is Resurrection Day. Two weeks ago, we celebrated Jesus' resurrection from the grave. But every day should be Resurrection Day as we honor the gift of eternal life that a risen Savior provides. The season of Easter lasts until Pentecost when, when we commemorate the coming of the Holy Spirit into the lives of Christ's followers. As we rejoice Easter morning, we, as we look forward to the coming of the Holy Spirit, remember that as an Easter people, we are charged with celebrating Christ in our everyday lives. We are called to lead others to a relationship with Jesus. And we are challenged to make disciples who will transform the world into a place that loves God and loves their neighbor above all else. How we accomplish these tasks come through witnessing and experiencing the living Christ. There are many witnesses to Jesus' resurrection, both ancient and modern. What a wonderful experience of discipleship that we experienced last Sunday as our children encouraged us to, to let our light shine wherever and whenever we can. Just imagine what a better world this would be if we all shine our lights for the gospel. Our children helped us experience a risen Savior as they witnessed to their faith and demonstrated their love for Jesus. I'm convinced that they have witnessed Jesus' resurrection as they've been nurtured and loved in this faith community. We have several scriptural encounters of, of folks who have experienced Jesus after he walked out of the grave. Mary was first. At the garden tomb, Jesus spoke her name and she recognized him. Initially, she had difficulty understanding how, how Jesus rose from the dead. It just seemed impossible to her because she, she had seen him crucified and, and put in a tomb and the, the stone rolled in front of it. She couldn't fully comprehend that Jesus was alive until she heard him speak her name. Mary then began to understand the resurrection when she began to listen with her heart. Mary's dream changed from one of despair to one of hope as she listened to the Master speak. Let's ask ourselves this morning, do we recognize Jesus as he speaks our name? Are we listening to the Master speak to us? Many other ancient followers witnessed Jesus in resurrected form before he ascended to heaven. Some were well known, while others, not so much. They were like, we hear these likely folks about their stories uh, this time of year, the Emmaus travelers, Peter and the fishermen on the lake shore, Thomas and those other disciples. But there are some lesser known characters that we don't know too well. We don't hear much about what happened after their experience except for shock and awe mixed with worship and exhilaration. Many were witnesses to this miraculous occurrence, but they did not know what to do after they experienced this event. We too, we too are witnesses to a resurrected Savior as we ask ourselves, what have we done with our resurrection experience? Over the next few weeks, we, we will ask ourselves some questions and attempt to find some answers. Who are the witnesses to the resurrection and how did their lives change because of their experience? 
What can we learn from these first-hand experiences of a risen Savior? What are we to do with this knowledge that we gain? And maybe more importantly, how do we witness to the resurrection? Now the word witness is both a noun and a verb. A witness is someone who actually sees Jesus in their lives or the lives of others. To witness is to show others how, to, how Jesus' presence is in our lives and in our everyday living. In this next series, this mini-series that we're going to do this next few weeks, it's called We Are Witnesses. And we're going to explore the different meanings of, of witness and the approaches to living out the witness in our lives. We will investigate the impact of, of witnesses who, re, who saw the resurrected Jesus, like Cleopas and his friend, Peter, Saul, and Tabitha. And we're going to apply the lessons that we learn to our own lives in order to become better witnesses of Jesus. Now today we're going to encounter the story of the travelers on the Emmaus Road, Cleopas and his companion. We don't know his name, but we know he was a friend and that they were close interactions of Jesus' inner circle. I invite you to go on a walk to Emmaus as we encounter the risen Savior with our skit guys this morning, remembering how they remember their encounter with Christ as Cleopas and the unknown disciple. I'll tell the story. I remember it like it was yesterday. You don't even know what you had for lunch yesterday. I do, too. I had... Why don't you tell the story? All right, I'll tell the story. Oh, there I hate the way you tell the story. I'll tell the story. So there we were. It was the worst weekend of our life. Jesus had been crucified. He'd been placed in the tomb. And we were all in the upper room and we were very, very scared. Oh, very scared and very nervous. Nervous as a pair of long-tailed cats in a room full of rockers. Now, just to clarify, there were no cats and there were no rocking chairs. I was speaking metaphorically. Well, you need to be more clear. I, I need you to be more clear. So anyway, it was chaos inside and then there was chaos outside and it was mary and she was off in the distance and she was yelling frantically yes and then the doors bust open and she's shouting at the top of her lungs he's alive he's alive now mary sweet mary uh, salt of the earth salt of the earth that woman but sometimes she gets well, she just gets a little confused. Oh, to say the least. I remember I said to you, I bet she went to the wrong tomb. <laughs> it was just such chaos, and so we decided that we'd go back to our homes. Right. So we started back home. It's about a seven-mile walk on the road to Emmaus. And we're walking and talking. Talking and walking. Then all of a sudden, this man comes up behind us. Yes, I remember. He looked at us and he said, um, he said, why the long faces? And I looked at him and I said, that's just how we're made. We can't help it. And if you do not like it... The man was speaking metaphorically. Well, I needed him just to be clear. He wasn't clear. 
We said to him... Uh, oh, well, I said to him, I said, are you the only person in Jerusalem that hasn't heard just what has happened? Right, and I said to him, uh, Jesus had been crucified, we placed him in the tomb, now we can't find his body. And I went on to say we were just horribly disappointed because we thought Jesus was the one. And he says, uh, why are your head so thick? Why, why are your heart so slow? And I looked at him right in the eye and I said, we're just getting older. We cannot help it. There's nothing we the can... The man was speaking metaphorically. I just needed him to be clear. Then he looked at us. And he started at the beginning with the books of Moses and all through the prophets and explained to us how the scriptures said this would happen to the Messiah. It was wonderful. <laughs> it was amazing. We came to a fork in the road. Just to be clear, it wasn't a literal fork. We came to a spot where the road divided, and I invited him to join us for dinner. I think he said yes, because I told him my wife was making a cobbler. She makes a great cobbler. That woman can cobble. So we get here, and we sit down for dinner. And he blessed the meal, and he broke the bread. And then... I looked at you. And I looked at you. And we knew... Our hearts... They were burning inside of us. We were sitting with the Messiah. We, we were sitting at the table with the risen Savior. And then both of us, we, um, we turned to face him and, um, he was gone. I never get tired of telling that story. I may not remember what I had for lunch, but I will never forget that story. Tell that story. Well, aren't you a regular Bobby Fisher? <laughs> King me. I'm not going to king you. King me. I'm not going to king you. Not king me. No king. That's a good story. I'm not going to tell that story. Add that one to your book. That's a good story. What, the story of an old man who cheats at checkers to feel better about himself. You're not clarifying that at all. I just won. Look right there. That's oh, a yeah. winner right there. That's a good story. That oh. would be the title of the book. The winner. You are a winner. I am a winner. I'm but... speaking metaphorically. Why don't you keep you? What amazing walk Cleopas and his friend had with the risen Christ. They were unaware that they were in the presence of the risen Lord until they experienced the blessing and the breaking of the bread at their meal. How many times? How many times do we miss being in the presence of Jesus because we're too preoccupied with our own cares and worries or our present circumstances? How many times do we fail to recognize Jesus until something or someone connects us with the Holy One through shared experiences or recalled memories? How many times do we allow our closed minds to shut out the One who is right there walking beside us every day? 
Cleopas and his friends had apparently been in the inner circle of Jesus' disciples. They'd experienced the Passover meal and witnessed the crucifixion and burial of their Savior. Yet they clung to those deep teachings and, and meaningful experience that they had had with Jesus and eventually it sparked their recognition of a risen Christ. Many of us, like the disciples, have had experiences with Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was as we attended a church camp or as a youth or or during vacation Bible school or Sunday school as a child. Maybe it was in a Bible study or a worship service or a retreat setting. Maybe it was in a quiet moment of personal devotion on a morning walk. These are times that we experience encounters with the risen Lord. St. Augustine of Hippo said, Men go abroad to wander the heights of the mountains, at huge waves of the sea, at long courses of rivers and vast compasses of the ocean, the circular movements of the stars, and they pass by themselves without wandering. Many of us wander this life to, and fail to wonder at the miracles that are right before our eyes. We're like Cleopas and his traveling companion. Cleopas was just an ordinary man about his daily walk after the events of the Passover, Jesus' arrest, trial, and crucifixion. Now they're, they're hearing about these rumors of a resurrection, and some of Jesus' followers were reporting to have seen him. Tradition holds that Cleopas was the oldest son of Jesus' older brother, Joseph. And the fact that, Je- that Cleopas didn't recognize Jesus was a bit confusing given this familial relationship. But even though the pair were on the road, was close enough in conversation and questions, they didn't recognize Jesus. How many times do we, in our everyday distractions and preoccupations, miss Jesus in our own midst? Let's ask ourselves this morning, is our post-resurrection trek just another walk or a life-changing journey? You know, walking's great exercise. It's a great way to relieve stress and, and get your body in good physical condition. When we take a walk, we can be observant. We see things that we normally take for granted. Observant walkers, when, even when they're walking down familiar roads, see small wildflowers, hear animals in the tree line, smell that earthen fragrance that is present in the early morning or the late evening. Walkers who truly open their minds and bodies can lose themselves in the moment of the experience. It's a great time to get in touch with our thoughts and our feelings and and our our souls and, and to allow ourselves to take advantage of the encounter. Soul searching can be a great therapy as we take a walk. Cleopas and his friend on the road to Emmaus experience a therapeutic walk. Their original intent was just to get from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they were talking as friends do when they're walking. They were particularly disturbed by that Jesus' body was not in the grave and and these angels that had declared that Jesus is risen. We can tell by their conversation that these followers were having difficulty grasping this situation. But here is where Cleopas and his friend began their road to discovery. They didn't initially recognize Jesus and some things had to happen. 
But as the journey resumed, the conversation continued and their travelers realized that the stranger knew nothing about what had happened, or so they thought. After, getting, after giving him a detailed uh, events of, of what had happened to bring him up to speed, the stranger turned the tables on this group of people and his true identity was known. This would-be stranger began to explain to these Emmaus travelers the facts about this, that the Messiah must suffer. This would-be stranger gave an impromptu history lesson on the scripture and the identifying messianic portions. This would-be stranger did the best to convince these travelers, using what they already knew, that the Messiah had come and was alive and well. Cleopas and his friend didn't see what was right in front of them, but the stranger's identity remained hidden. The travelers came to this fork in the road and the stranger acted as if he would go on ahead. But the Emmaus travelers encouraged him to, to come with them on the journey and invited him to share a meal. As this stranger blessed and broke the bread, Cleopas and his companion recognized who this stranger was. It was Jesus, alive and well and living among them. And once recognized... Jesus had accomplished his task and went on to solidify the beliefs of others who could see him along the way. Cleopas and his friend discovered a resurrected Jesus on an ordinary walk that ended in extraordinary fashion. In hindsight, these Emmaus travelers began to realize that there had been something special about this stranger who walked with them. They realized that Jesus, in the form of their traveling companion, had been telling them all along this journey who he was. It was not until that familiar act of breaking and blessing the bread that Cleopas and his friend recognized Jesus' true identity. Remembering simple, everyday facts that Jesus had done and said caused these travelers' eyes to be open to a risen Savior. How about us? Do we recognize Jesus among us in our everyday activities? Where are we along the journey of resurrection as an Easter people? Are we still in the tomb waiting for that familiar voice to speak to us? Are we walking aimlessly through life telling old familiar stories, refusing to see what's right in front of us? Would we, would we recognize Jesus if he were to show up in our daily lives? If we take a closer look at the Emmaus story, we find several key turning points as the travelers began to recognize Jesus. We recognize that their encounter can mirror our own. We know that Cleopas and his friend were distracted by the events of the previous days. They had preconceived notions that Jesus was dead. They kept dwelling on their past and it prevented them from seeing Jesus' presence. Too many times, we, we are distracted by circumstances and concerns of our daily life. We hold preconceived notions that Jesus no longer makes appearances. We cling to our past fear and we fear stepping out in the future with faith. But Cleopas and his friends continued on their journey and had conversations with the stranger and discovered things along the way that pointed to Jesus' identity. There's some things that had to happen. They had to tell their story. They had to express what they had experienced and what they were feeling and how it was affecting them. And Jesus needed to listen. 
He listened to take in where these travelers were on their journey and, and what, what, how it was affecting them. And, and he, but he intended to meet these followers where they were in the circumstances of their situation. But for these travelers to fully appreciate this stranger, Jesus needed to offer them some credentials. So what Jesus did was tell them about the history that they already knew, the things that had already happened. And Jesus offered these facts without condemnation of their ignorance to who he was. The key turning point in this story, though, was the fork in the road. The stranger appeared to be going on, and the traveler said, Come on, enjoy a meal. It's, a long, it's late in the day. It's, it's, it's been a long day. Come have a meal with us. And Jesus was invited to join the travelers. And that's how Jesus works with us. Jesus never imposes himself on us. Jesus waits for our invitation. And it is at our invitation that Jesus will make himself known to us and become real in our lives. Good Shepherd finds itself at a fork in the road. One of living in past ministry successes and and one of pursuing future ministry dreams. It's an energizing time and as we began to take those initial steps toward exciting ministries ahead. Our charge is to step out in faith. Our call is to discern where God is leading us. And our challenge is not to limit the Holy Spirit out of fear or self-imposed roadblocks. Many times in our lives, Jesus is right in front of us, walking with us and is very present but our own blindness keeps us from recognizing him. Many times in our lives we should expect Jesus to show up, but we feel like we're not worthy of his presence. We feel like we're, we have our own agenda and we're so caught up in our own lives that we fail to see Jesus, we fail to hear Jesus calling our name. Many times in our lives, all we need to do is to invite Jesus into our lives and to fully participate in all aspects of them. Many times in our lives, those familiar acts of our Savior done by those around us opens our eyes to a new life in Christ. Our inward-focused human nature and unwillingness to see beyond initial views keeps us from recognizing expectations and invitations, God's voice and God's driven agendas. The same roadblocks were there for Cleopas and his friend. But they persevered and they discovered new truths. They went on to tell the disciples that Jesus was alive and and that he had been resurrected and word began to spread. It's within our power to discover new truths and change directions in our own blindness and deafness and unwillingness. We too can discover the truth that the resurrection and work alongside other followers of Christ We can spread the good news of Jesus Christ. When we come to the fork in the road in our lives, when the journey looks like it's about to end, we must invite the presence of Jesus to accompany us along the remainder of the journey. It's then, it's then that we will discover the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit that is already among us. We will realize new dreams and the impact the world we can have on the world for Christ. As a resurrected Easter people, may we seek to, to be, to look for that wonder in our lives. And as we wander along life's journey, may we listen to the Savior's voice 
invite Jesus into our lives and expect his presence with us. May we be like those Emmaus travelers who, after recognizing Jesus, went on to tell others that Jesus was alive. May we tell who Jesus is as an Easter people. Was the Emmaus journey just another walk? Not in the least. The Emmaus encounter for those travelers that day was a place of healing and of revelation. We, can, we too can receive that same healing and revelation. If we keep our spirits open to meet a risen Savior, our lives will be blessed, our ministries will be increased, and our faith will become stronger. In To Kill a Mockingbird, Harper Lee wrote, People generally see what they are looking for and hear what they are listening for. May you listen. May you listen to God speak and see God along your pathway. Begin at this moment to seek encounters with the risen Savior and create unforgettable moments in your faith journey. Journey on, my friends. Journey on and keep your hearts and minds alert. You never know what might happen. Today, as we, as we come for Holy Communion this morning, let us realize that we can meet Jesus here in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. Everyone is invited. Everyone is invited to come to this table and Jesus' presence will meet you here. Let us come as we take the sacrament of Holy Communion. Christ the Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is a right and good and joyful thing everywhere, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might. Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night he took... 
gave himself up for us. He took bread. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup, blessed it and gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit, in your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. If those who have been asked to serve with me will uh, come forward, please. served by intention this morning. A piece of bread will be broken off. You will take the bread and dip it in the cup. The altar is open for anyone who would like to come and pray and meet that risen Savior. I will have uh, gluten-free options and the individual cups if you're uncomfortable with uh, intention this morning. Thank you.
for this opportunity to come to your table. We thank you for giving us your presence. And may we see you in the world risen and alive. Amen. Amen. Go with God. You're dismissed.